Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com. Where Kevin O'Connor Tate this morning published an article saying that the Philadelphia 76ers, there is a way that they can get both LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard onto their team. Oh my. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I assume it has something to do with the cap space, something to do with maybe luxury tax, something to do with maybe fl- flipping some assets and some sign and trades. Every time I try to read articles like this, like this is not a KOC problem. This is just an NBA problem. I, I, my, my brain is not good enough to like understand how the NBA works and all their salaries. And all yeah. And the work. bird rights, and so the non bird rights and, and the player options and the, and the re- restricted free agencies and the unrestricted free agencies. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. It's too much. Uh, I like basketball. I don't like all that garbage. So uh, I don't like business. I like basketball. But I also like, but I also like KOC. So I'll, I'll try to read the article and uh, you know, and I and I also like speculation. I like this is a fun time of year for the NBA. So I will I will check out KOC's thing. But yeah, apparently that is plausible. Um, that that LeBron James and maybe not plausible, maybe maybe possible. I don't know. Uh, LeBron and Kawhi could be on the Sixers. That's exciting. I think check it's, that out. I think also it's check feasible. out Tate. Feasible what? is the word. Feasible. 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 <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, I don't know if you saw. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Yes. Producer Kyle came through. We now have on the ringer.com slash shop, I believe, is is the, the, the web address to go to. We now have One Shining Podcast t-shirts that say friend of the program and mm-hmm. have a bag on them. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Kyle, on just a timely... A timely effort to to release the One Shining Pod T-shirts in late June. Just can, we we love it. The fans are are very excited about this. Thank you so much, Kyle. For you did it, Kyle. And getting this done. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> he's he's already made so much money off these T-shirts that he in fact birded to work instead of busing to work today. So Kyle's already moving up in the world. Uh, we're proud of our OSP product. Think, is that why Kyle was gone from the podcast for a, f- a few weeks? Was he? Yeah, he was he was in France with like a bunch of designers trying to figure out what what the best way to do this thing is, Uh, and now he's back. I was in the Ringer sweatshop. Yes, sweatshop. This was the design that, and this was the design they came up with was like basic font size for the program with a bag on it. Um, Yeah, so check that out. We we do have T-shirts. We're excited. Tate and I are not. uh, We we are not collecting a ton of money off this stuff. We we do not do this to, to fatten our pockets. We do this. Because we we appreciate those of you who listen to our podcast and the people wanted it, uh, so we we did it. If 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 you have any complaints about it, we don't care. We really don't. We're you know we're, it's just like we made some T-shirts. If you want to buy it, cool. If you don't, I I don't blame you. <laughs> to do whatever you want. Just live your life. But they are available. Live your life. You're you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna phase us either way. Um, they are available. TheRinger.com/shop. Check that out. Uh, today we are going to recap the draft. We have shifted into the offseason, but as we know, basketball never stops. College basketball in particular never stops. There's plenty to talk about on the college basketball scene, um, but but we have to first get into the draft, all that kind of stuff, kind of talk about what happened on, on last Thursday. Uh, we'll, get, we'll do all of that today, but first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. It is Tuesday, June 26th. It is about 12 o'clock, noon, noon o'clock on the East Coast. And Chicago State still does not have a head coach. Today. No. We have still not hired a head coach. It has been well over three months at this point. Um, that's all That's all we'll say right now. I've, I've heard through the grapevine 
that they are reaching out to JUCO coaches and JUCO coaches are saying, why would I take a pay cut to, go to coach Chicago State? <laughs> um, so I don't know. We, we will see. That's the, that's the quick update on that one. But yeah, Chicago State still does not have a head coach. I will remind people last year when I, when I threw my hat into the Duquesne ring, I did so because the Duquesne hiring process was a complete debacle. They could not find anyone. It was, it was chaos in Pittsburgh. And that was, and it took them two weeks, I think, to hire a coach in the end. So that, that was considered like a long time, was like two weeks. It's yes. now been over three months for Chicago State. I don't know. There's no one in sight. Anyway, the NBA draft happened on Thursday, Tate. It what uh, What is the story for you coming out of the draft? Uh, I will say first off, in regards to Chicago State, I think there there's still hope. There's a sliver of hope, and, and you know, rebellions are built on hope. And I think that right now we have a we have a chance for you to still take the job. I think that they're going to make the call eventually. They're going to come to terms with the fact that you are the best candidate. And that's all I'll say on that. But the NBA draft, uh, for people that didn't see this, we had a, a ringer draft party um, that I was uh, a party to. Um, Bill Simmons was there. Um, it was about. Uh, 90 people. Uh, some people I didn't even know, you know, worked here, but they were all giving drafts and basketball opinions. So I learned a lot that night about what people think about the NBA and what people are thinking about some of these players. To me, Mark Titus, the biggest thing that stood out was yeah, Mikel Bridges gets drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers with the 10th pick. Gets the okie doke. Gets the gets the old the old okie doke, and he gets you know to celebrate. His mom's kissing him on the head. You know she works for Philadelphia for the 76ers. She's so excited. Her homeboy is staying home. Uh, he's going to be in Philadelphia. He's going to be, you know, the, the small forward of the future. Uh, he's going to be, you know, the makeup for what they missed in Jason Tatum. And about 25 minutes later, they say, hey, we'll just throw this guy away to the Phoenix Suns just for a draft pick in 2021. So that is what the NBA is to me. Uh, you get excited about these players and you realize that these teams, you know, they don't even know these kids. They, they're, they're worried about assets. They're worried about the future. They, and don't, they, they don't really care. So, uh, Mikel Bridges getting traded that that night really shook me. Uh, I like Colin Sexton going to the Cavaliers because it means that I think, you know, it's a new time in Cleveland. I think LeBron is done. I think it's time for, you know, a new era of, uh, of young guys playing up there in Cleveland. Sexton's a great piece to start with. Um, that really stood out to me, but but Mark Titus, just watching the draft. I mean, we had this the four separate live yep. streams. I was on a live stream myself. Um, yep. What what was it like to consume the NBA draft just as a fan? Yeah, because you you didn't get a chance to consume it. You were no, part of. I was big, a part of. I'm a part media. of the problem. I, uh, yeah, I, I, you're you're a part of the problem at this point. Tate, congratulations, uh, Jim, our buddy Jim that works at the Ringer, uh, produce, po- also a podcast producer, has has produced our pod I think a few times. Oh yes. filling in for for Kyle. Uh, so Jim, Jim's watching the live stream, and I'm texting him as we were watching you guys doing the live stream. He sends me a, a picture of a, a screenshot of the Ringer draft party, and then underneath it, he he found he, he put a picture of the Last Supper. <laughs> yes, yes. And and the, and the screenshot of the Ringer draft party was uh, uh, KOC's right in the middle playing the Jesus role. <laughs> and I told him I told him to tweet the picture, and he, he was like scared to do it for some reason. I was like, that is absolutely hysterical. It was it, it, it was such a perfect because there's it was basically like KOC surrounded by everybody at the Ringer, and like KOC's Jesus, and you're all his disciples, and he's telling you how to think on all these. <laughs> It was it was a, um, it was a very tough predicament for Kevin O'Connor, who's just like sitting there, and they gave him these like grades, and, and they would just ask him, you know, any, yeah. Kevin, what's the grade on this person? I'm like, this is so much pressure on one person, while there's like 20 people surrounding him. You know, it was like a mob mentality.
mentality. He's like, give us the answer. Tell us, Kevin. Tell us. And he's like, well, you know, I mean, I, I like him. I think he could, you know, transition well into the league. I'm not really sure about his fit with this team. And then everyone's like, give us the grade, Kevin. Give us the grade. Give and us then, the grade, dude. <laughs> and then dude, just, it's exactly. He just throws it up. This is. This is you and I from March Madness. Yes. It's like, yes. it's like who, do, who do you guys like to win the national championship? And we say, well, you know, one thing to consider about Villanova is they are good, but they shoot a lot of threes. Now, what I want to look at, and everyone's like, shut up. Tell us the pick. <laughs> we don't care. Wrap it up. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah, I felt bad for KOC. He, he had like three seconds to, to grade his picks, and then those are going to stick with him for the rest of his life. He's like, like the old takes exposed guy is in 15 years is going to be you know, t- t- tweeting a picture of him. He gave, <laughs> he, he, he gave some guy a B plus grade and that guy goes on to be a three time all-star and it's gonna be like, really B plus should have given him an A minus you douchebag. Fun times. I do want to know what the, like what the, like the grades are. Is it a 10 point scale, seven point scale? You know, like what are, what are we going on with this? You know, I never really got a breakdown of that. I think the best grade that he did give out uh, that I saw a lot of people were up in arms over because they don't get the joke is Mo Wagner goes 25th, you know, gets selected. Selected, and he gives them an A plus, and then every single person I, I see, <laughs> all, all these Lakers fans, these diehard Lakers fans, are like, are you kidding me? Landry Shamit's still on the board. Robert Williams still on the board. You're gonna take Wagner, and you know, of course, they're saying Wagner. Everyone kept calling him Wagner all night. Um, but but Kevin giving him an A plus, I thought that was really cool because we we saw Mo Wagner and how much he Listen, loved Kevin O'Connor, so it, it had to happen at this point. True friends of the program know why he gave him an A+. Plus. Yes. And it wasn't just that he was always going to give Wagner an A+, plus, but Wagner is now going to L.A. And yes. I tweeted it at KOC that they are going to be roommates, and I am I am excited for that reality show. We have to do that for the ringer. It's like, make the, just make KOC live with Wagner for a week, even, and videotape it and, and release it to the masses. That's what we really need. Yeah, I'm, pretty, I, I, um, I, I'm expecting Kevin O'Connor and Mo Wagner to be in a karate class at some point in the future. Out in Los Angeles, just in a dojo somewhere, <laughs> just like really trying to find their center, find their balance. Oh, the story for me. So watching the draft, the real story, uh, you wouldn't know this because, again, you're part of the problem. Um, the real story is Woj. We have a Woj problem. And as as casual basketball fans, uh, there is a Woj problem. And it's not just that Woj spoils all the picks. It's that the NBA media loves Woj Tate and, and yes. again you're part of this so you can explain to me what the hell is going on why is it that like like Woj for for those of you who don't pay that much of attention and, and I can't imagine anybody doesn't know what's going on when, I, when I'm talking about Woj here but Woj is Adrian Woj Woj, 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 Woj is Woj <laughs> he's the he's the coach um, K with his last name of the media you know just just call him Woj so yeah, he 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 has been spoiling the NBA draft picks for years and years now on Twitter. Uh, he used to work at Yahoo, and and like thirty seconds before the draft pick would be announced by the commissioner, Woj would tweet, "This is the pick," and people would get pissed off because it's like, "What's the point of this? We're gonna find out the pick in thirty seconds. No one cares that you have sources or whatever. It, 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 there's no advantage for this other than you just to flex your muscles and be like, I'm smarter than everybody." Yeah, he just yells um, first. So he has. ESPN gets pissed off about this. They hire Woj to basically because ESPN's broadcast the draft. They hire Woj basically to make sure this doesn't happen again. Like, yes, I, I, I feel like that was the hundred percent the reason that they put him on the payroll is so they can now not spoil the draft. So he's told not to spoil the draft. Guess what he does, Tate? He still spoils the draft, mm-hmm. the entire draft, and 
this pissed me off beyond belief because uh, I I am I am getting older. I I I'm very easily irritable at this point. Um, but the frustrating part to me was that people love this shit, and I don't understand why. I don't understand like why everybody in the NBA media was like like I get that he was using a thesaurus and making different phrases and that was kind of funny i i, I get that that was amusing and yeah, i wink, wink. i definitely respect the fact that he doesn't give a shit like that was cool i'm i'm also a little bit of a bad boy so uh anytime someone sticks it in the face of authority i respect that a little bit take that but take i that. don't understand like why why the nba is a collective isn't just like pissed off beyond belief that this guy is ruining the draft for everybody i don't get it it just I don't doesn't really, make sense to me. I don't really get it either, but I just think that everyone feels like they're in on the joke. So if you if you're on the inside of an inside joke, that's a you know everyone feels like it's it's more welcoming and they can talk about it. I mean the the, the people that they just love NBA Twitter. I was watching the NBA awards last night. They had a whole just like montage outside to NBA Twitter and how and how impressive it was. Every single person that won the award last night was like you know thanking fans on social media basically. So I, I think that's a little bit of it too that you're. I mean, if you ask like a random casual yeah. basketball fan about Woj, they'd be like, oh, the guy with glasses on ESPN. You know that I mean, there's some people just aren't even on Twitter about Dude, that uh, and live their life like it that. It wasn't even well. So you didn't you, you didn't see this though. He it wasn't he wasn't just spoiling it on Twitter. He was like No, he was on though. He was on he, the broadcast. He, he would basically tweet it and then He was on like, the broadcast. Let's spoiling. throw it to Woj. Yeah. Throw, let's throw it to Woj and see what he thinks. And he'd be like, uh, you know, <laughs> one one thing the the Nuggets were really thinking here is is they really like this guy and 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 I don't know. And and he would spend like he would talk for like two minutes and he would only talk about the guy that was about to get drafted. Yes. And then he was always right and it ended up being that guy. And it became annoying as hell. And I don't know. I I, I just as someone who I I used to love. I love. I said this on the last podcast as we were talking about the draft coming up, is that I, I love the draft for the television event that it is. I love turning on the TV, watching like drama unfold, seeing what players are going to wear, seeing like trades that happen. Just you, you, you go into it. Just that that three hour window of television is always super entertaining to me, and always has been. And, and I've watched it my entire life for that reason. Um, I almost don't even care like the implications of which players going to which teams and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't, I don't care about the grades. I just care about like turning my TV on for three hours and watching what unfolds and to have everything spoiled. It drives me absolutely nuts. And I don't understand like, just like, Woj just has this cold of personality that people will just go nuts for him. And I, I, I just truly don't get it. Like, I don't understand what I'm missing. Cause it's not even just the draft. It's like, it's everything throughout the, like, as we're moving into free agency, Woj is going to tweet about some, some eighth man on the end of the bench, <laughs> For some team is going to switch sign a uh, a three million dollar a year deal for another team, mm-hmm. and then people like go nuts in his Twitter replies like yeah. Woj bombs, yeah. and he's like, Ky- it's the Ky- weirdest Ky- shit. Ky- Kylo Quinn has decided to opt out of his contract with the Knicks. First, first response, all like, caps, Woj bomb. Woj does it again. Uh, I, I, it, the the one thing though is I do sort of respect how he has has convinced everybody that he matters. And yes. I, I don't really get I just, I, I the, the scoops culture in general, I don't understand it. I don't understand why like this matters. I don't give a shit who breaks the stories. I don't give a shit about any of this. And for some reason, Woosh has like convinced everybody in the NBA Twitter and, and he's got like all of his sources strong armed. Like no one I, I don't understand like why people in the NBA aren't aren't saying, let's just not give Woj information because this <laughs> this motherfucker keeps spoiling everything and it's he's ruining our product. And, and for some reason, like they're all scared of him. Everybody's scared of him. I'm probably, I'm probably like ma- committing career suicide talking about this right now, and I yes. don't even realize it. Yes, yet. you, you will never um, work at the vertical again. 
I, I don't I don't understand it, Tate. So uh, you're part of the problem. Do you have any explanations other than just is it, is that it? Is it just like people NBA Twitter? Like nobody thinks they're more important than as a collective than NBA Twitter. Yes, and they exactly. feel like Woj is one of theirs. So yes, he he's like yeah. the face. He's one of their faces, and it, it's like a scoop soap opera too. Like everyone's you know trying to figure out who is actually going to get the scoop on these things. I mean, the reason that Woj broke his silence. So for the first two or three picks, I think the first two picks he didn't do anything. He was trying to follow the you know the guidelines that Disney set up for him. They're like, hey, Woj, please don't ruin the draft for us. We want people to actually watch. We don't want them just to be looking at Twitter the entire time. And then Mark Stein breaks the trade, uh, the Luka Doncic, yeah. Trey Young trade, which I want to ask you about that. I want to know what, what, which is the best. Because that's basically the best player in college basketball traded for, you know, the best player of the past 150 years based on some of the reports we've seen on Luka Doncic. Uh, that trade mm-hmm. happens. And then once Mark Stein breaks that, Woj basically takes the gloves off and says, I- I'm going to ruin the rest of this draft just because I can't lose the scoops game. He's kind of like Bono. You know how Bono, like, he can never be number two? That's like Woj. He can never be number two. He refuses to be number two. Yeah. And as soon as he got slighted, he was like, you know what? The gloves are off. It's time. Mark Stein, you're done. ESPN, I don't care. I'm just going to use these little descriptors that say so-and-so is kind of leaning towards or, you know, is, is, is zeroed by. in on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's focused in so, on selecting whoever. I should say that uh, it's not just a Woj problem. Like the entire, like the Steins, the who's the who's the guy that at Yahoo now Shams or something? Yeah, Shams. Jeff Jeff Goodman gets on the action sometimes. Like all these guys that do this, especially for the draft. The draft is especially the worst. Like I understand if you're if you're trying to find a scoop on where LeBron's going, that's a little different. Um, I still don't really give a shit that you were the one who broke the story. Let's be but honest. I, I if, understand if you want to scoop on where LeBron's going, you're going to call Brian Windhorse. That's what you're going to do, right? But. But at least like I understand the value in that, that that there is some value in that. The the draft makes zero sense at all. It's like all these guys are playing a game against each other that that literally nobody cares about. And the and I guess maybe not literally because apparently people do care about it. <laughs> but the, the people that do care about it have to be joking, right? Like this is an ironic thing that they Yes. It's all are, built are on getting irony. into like who breaks the story. It has to be. And and I think like the guys who get into the scoops game think that it's not it's not irony and like like Woj will t- Woj will tweet something first, and then they'll put like Woj does it again, Woj bombs, and I I assume these people are joking, like they don't really give a shit. They're just kind of on Twitter making jokes because that's what you do on Twitter, and then the other scoops guys see that and they're like, oh man, Woj is beating me. Like everyone's paying attention to this when no one's no one really gives a shit, and it's it's frustrating as hell, especially and especially on draft night when the pick is about to be announced like thirty seconds later anyway. Um, so that that was my draft experience. It was like I I could not. I could not stop it. Like you know how you know how you like hate watch a TV show or you hate listen to stuff. Like mm-hmm. there are probably a lot of people that hate listen to this podcast. Um, Kyle, that, that was me with the draft experience. Yeah, draft Kyle is one of them. Uh, <laughs> where you just like hate it so much, but you can't stop because it's you almost have fun hating it. That was me on the draft experience, looking at Woj's Twitter account. Um, I, I could not pull myself away from it. He kept spoiling everything, and yet I kept refreshing because I just like I could feel the hatred boiling up inside of me. <laughs> And it was it was a very bizarre experience. Um, that that is that is that. I I I still don't get it, but I don't know. If, if I go missing, if I if I suddenly disappear <laughs> off the face of the earth, Tate, we'll we'll know what happens. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, I think. You might be in uh, in New Jersey in the middle of the woods sometime very soon, uh, trying to call someone. Hopefully, Kai will pick up at that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the draft in general was kind of uh, I, it was a very weird night because I felt like it was kind of chalk too, as far as how everything played out. I mean. 
Yeah. Like Aiton goes one, obviously. Bagley. Like the the information leading into the draft, which we talked a little bit last week, like we just, I felt like we knew so much about what all these teams were thinking because they kept leaking everything out to the public. And I don't know if it's because I'm just more. I, I engage in what's going on in the NBA circles to kind of see what's the, what these storylines are and what's coming out. But at the same time, everything kind of fell exactly in place. I mean, the craziest thing that happened, obviously, was the Trey Young, Luka Doncic trade. Um, but even that was sort mm-hmm. of rumored before as being an option. I mean, Wendell Carter going to the Bulls is probably the most predictable pick ever. Um, Kevin Knox, the Knicks. I mean, that made a lot of sense. Uh, Miles Bridges to, to the Hornets in a trade. Uh, that made a lot of sense. Um, I, I think the biggest shocker for me in the draft was Jerome Robinson out of Boston College going to uh, the Jerry West Clippers. And I, I know that we both you know enjoyed Jerome Robinson and saw what he did at Boston College, but I mean, he if Jerry West thinks that Jerome Robinson is more has more upside and is a better shot to be a, a big time player on the Los Angeles Clippers than Michael Porter Jr., who a lot of people thought could be at one point the number one pick. I think that says a lot about Jerome Robinson. So for me, that was the biggest one because I, I heard people say that Jerome Robinson reminded them of CJ McCollum. I think CJ McCollum is one of the best offensive players we ever saw in college basketball near the end of his career, what he did at Lehigh against Duke in that game. Um, so so I'm a little tepid on that comparison, uh, but I, I do like Jerome Robinson a lot. So that was probably the biggest shocker to me early on, that Jerry West thinks Jerome Robinson could be a star. Yeah, I, I, I was watching the Ringer thing uh, where Jerome Robinson got drafted and you were the only one who seemed to think that wasn't... You were shocked, but like at the same time thought he was a good player. Well, uh, and everyone else was like incredulous. Everyome was booing. Well, Mike, were, I think it was just because Michael Porter is still on the board. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing with the NBA stuff. It's like the way they, you know, the way they're making these selections is, you know, not for need but for best on the board, and you know, it's for value with the pick. So for for some of these, you know, when they get down to it, uh, like Kevin Herter got picked out of Maryland. He goes 19 to Atlanta, and in my head, I'm like. Kevin Herter is one of the best 19 players on the board. You got to be kidding me. You know that that makes no sense. I I I, I, I no disrespect Mary- Kevin Herter. Yeah, yeah, no disrespect Kevin Herter. But I cannot believe that. But then you know when it you know it's fleshed out, and I'm asking uh, you know Jesus, aka Kevin O'Connor, in front of me. I'm like Kevin, why would they make this pick? And he's like, to them, he's the best shooter in the draft. All they wanted to do was get shooters in this draft. They feel like they have the athletes, so they're going to draft a shooter no matter where their pick was. And I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. So it's not like, you know, you, you can't view it as, you know, he's one of the top 19 players. It's the Hawks won't shooters. They got Trey Young and Kevin Herter because they thought they were the two best shooters right. in the class, you know? Uh, so th- so stuff like that. I mean, I saw people freaking out. Obviously, I was freaking out when Herter got picked. But, um, you know, there, there's obviously a different vantage point and all that sort of stuff. But, again, I cannot believe Kevin Herter got picked 19th. I feel like they could have traded back to about 35 and got him. <laughs> but I may be wrong. I think... That, that that is always the big thing is like the, the pick's not necessarily crazy sometimes it's just that you could have still got that same guy later and traded down um you think I don't know. or is it all but, a smokescreen that's what I don't you know like that. I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head that that everything kind of went chalk in the sense that I yeah Jerome Robinson was the first moment that I was kind of surprised but even now that I look back on it I like I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the rundown right here Michael Porter is really the only guy that got drafted after Jerome Robinson that I think had a case to like go above. Like, like what I'm saying is there's no one after Jerome Robinson that's like obviously better or should have that, that's it, it like an egregious miss except for Wagner. maybe Robert Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Robert Williams is really talented, but he's he's so inconsistent. No one knows what the hell they're going to get out of him. That um, 
I mean, DiVincenzo, we love, obviously. Zaire Smith, like, is is a potential guy. Like, he, he could be very, very good, but he's not no, – no one's really that excited about what he is right this second. Yeah, I think um, it's probably Lonnie so yeah, Walker. I, I don't know. Lonnie Walker is probably the only one that someone would Lonnie throw. Walker, yeah. Yeah, but, but Lonnie Walker – But, there, but even, yeah. e, e, even all of these names – I mean, it's not like they took – it's not like some team took Jerome Robinson when Kevin Knox was on the board or something, and you're just like, what? Why would you, why would you possibly do that? Uh, so – my point is that the draft as a whole, there were, were not a lot of shocking moments. Going into this, I was under the impression we were going to see uh, like some trades. I kept hearing about how Toronto wanted Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and they were going to come into the top 10, and I was curious <laughs> to see how they're going to make that happen yeah. to get Ale- to get Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, we know that the Spurs need to trade Kawhi Leonard, um, <laughs> which I'm still not exactly sure how that happened because I thought like I thought, I thought Kawhi and, and, and the Spurs were like good. Wasn't that the report like two weeks ago, and then now – they hate each other, and he's definitely leaving. Well, um, there there was this picture that was leaked of uh, of like Greg Popovich and Kawhi Leonard at a Panera Bread, and, and they're eating, and you can tell Pop Pop is like trying to really talk. <laughs> he's like talking with his hands, you know, being very emotional, and Kawhi's like doing those slump Kawhi pose, you know, just like with the with his head down, not yeah. really paying attention, and everyone's like, "See, this is where they are in the relationship right now." Um, I have a little bit of a uh, of Spurs uh, of a Spurs theory that I've heard that, I, that I'm going to say on this podcast to see what you think about it. Um, I've heard go for uh, it. There, there's a big rumor that uh, the new general manager in Philadelphia will be the current general manager with the San Antonio Spurs, and that is R.C. Buford, mm. who has been with the Spurs for a long time. But apparently, this Kawhi situation has. Uh, has you know caused caused the divide between him and Popovich with 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 how things are going. So, I think I think Pop has been very hard on what he expects from Kawhi, and RC is more on Kawhi's side. So there is a weird world in which RC Buford could go to the 76ers and then trade for Kawhi Leonard and bring him there. Does that does that put Philly over? The, do they have the cap space for that, or does that put them over the luxury tax? Is it like a <laughs> sign and trade situation, or? Um, I all I, all I know is that Zaire Smith apparently. Oh, that doesn't apply. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll come into play at some point. Zaire Smith. Okay. The Spurs like uh, Texas guy that they know about. Uh, they get that Miami twenty twenty one pick, which is apparently is uh, you know the the greatest thing in the world that everyone's been valuing and, and salivating over um, as as a trade piece. Um, so I, I don't know that that's that's one crazy theory that I. What's that the I latest? Heard. Yeah. How many years out can you trade draft picks? I have no like, idea. I think can, you can, can you, do whatever. Can you I, trade like a, a pick tenure? <laughs> you I, can do I think what, you can literally do whatever. When they traded Doc Rivers, you know, the coach, when the, when the Celtics traded Doc Rivers, that's when I was like, okay, you can do anything. Like anybody's, Dude, if I was, anybody's if I was, an if I was, asset. Yeah. If I was a small market team, I would uh, just trade like all of my picks 15 years from now. Yeah. And just try to like, just go all in because... I, you know, like like there's no there's no telling you're even gonna have a team 15 yeah. years from now. <laughs> like if you're the ABA is back. If you're the yeah, if you're the Pacers, you're like I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure we're still gonna be around in 20 years. They're probably gonna move us to Seattle or some shit. Who knows? Uh, why don't we just trade all of our picks and and the, for the 2040 draft and uh, stockpile our assets. Speaking um, of, speaking of the Pacers, can I get your definitive Pacers take on Lance Stevenson? Uh, they 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 declined his option. How do you feel about that? I'm uh, <laughs> I, I I see everyone's like up in arms about it. I, I I've always hated Lance Stevenson. <laughs> That's how I know I'm not a real Pacers fan. <laughs> That's how Come I know on. I'm not a real Pacers fan. Born ready. Like, everyone who likes the Pacers loves Lance Stevenson, and I, I I'm like the only guy with a brain that watches these Pacers games and is like. 
this dude fucking sucks. <laughs> why, why are we getting excited about He blew in LeBron James' ear one time, and, and he got a reputation as a LeBron stopper. And, yeah. And, 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 like, everyone loves him for it. I don't, I don't know. I've always hated that, – that's kind of like – like, I hated Reggie Miller, too, on the Pacers because, like – it, Reggie was that way with Jordan, where like he was, and, and Reggie actually obviously had a lot more talent than than Lance. Yeah, Stevenson this did. is the most but flattering like, thing that Lance Stevenson has ever heard. He just got compared to Reggie Miller. My my biggest frustration with the Pacers is always that they're got like they, they have these players that are just antagonistic towards the actual good players, and that's like what the team exists as a whole to do is like we're not actually the good team, we're just the team that antagonizes the good team and tries to beat the good team. Yeah, you play Indiana basketball, short, but, but you're just you're just pesky. But damn, we antagonize them. Yes. Well, no, damn it, dude. Like I was raised where Indiana basketball was the good team. It was many years ago. It was a different era, but. Back in the day, Indiana used to be good teams, and uh, but, but it's still yeah, that's, it's still that's, it's still smart bas it's cheeky basketball plays, you know. It's just a little thing. It's cheeky, yeah. It's cheeky. It's taking that's, it's that, flopping I mean, down, you know. That that's that's that. You know? This is this is always my frustration though. Is like all the same people in Indiana that have to if if the Hoosiers don't make a Final Four in five years, they want the coach fired and get him out of here. Like we only we only want we should win the Big Ten every year and we should go to the final four every year. Those same people, like when the Pacers lose in the second round, are like, damn, great year. We we <laughs> we held LeBron. LeBron one game, he only scored twenty six on us when he's been averaging forty a game in the playoffs. Like we, that was a good series. We we had him right there. And like those same I don't I don't know. So to answer your question, I don't really care. Lance Stevenson Never did anything for me. I kind of yeah. hated the guy. I you're wish he just played basketball. You're going to get Will Barton. So uh, Josh Passner will be happy and Indiana will be happy. Uh, so that's a good thing. Back to finish my thought about the draft. Um, I thought the Raptors were going to make a move just because I, everyone was telling me this. I thought the Spurs might do something because they ha- apparently they have to get rid of Kawhi. Yes. And they need to, I thought, what better day than to do it on draft night and <laughs> figure out something there. <laughs> Seems like that would be fun, wouldn't it? Um, I thought the Cavs would do something. Because like I felt like the number eight pick, I, I, I feel like they have to do something to to make LeBron stay. Obviously, right? And the assets they have are the number eight pick going into the draft, were the number eight pick and Kevin Love. That's pretty much it. So if you're trying to restructure your team, I, I figured maybe the Cavs might trade the number eight pick and something else and clear cap space for the luxury tax X Y Z NBA buzzwords and yada yada yada. <laughs> now LeBron staying. Uh, none of this shit happened. Like the one trade, like you said, was the Doncic for for Trey Young, which like was barely even a trade. Like they switched two spots. Yeah, and that wasn't really a trade. Like there was no outside players involved in any of that. And um, and, and there was no was, way that two chains was going to games to watch Luka Doncic play point guard for, for the Atlanta yeah, Hawks. So as exactly. soon as that was made, everyone knew that there was a trade happening. So all in all, uh, if if I can be if I can rain on the parade, like I felt like it was kind of a boring draft in that sense. From like a made for team when you have Woj spoiling everything and there's no explosive trades or teams moving up, like teams that don't have a to- a lottery pick, like like the Celtics. There was buzz about maybe the Celtics are going to move up to get Luka Doncic somehow, um, which was probably coming. All the buzz was coming out of Ringer HQ, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, all that is to say this, Tate. I think LeBron. Th- this has me convinced that LeBron has stayed in Cleveland because oh my god, the NBA, uh, the I'm big go NBA ahead and media. Talk you out of this, the, but go ahead, please. No, hold on. Let, let me let me let me explain to you why. The big NBA media, of which you are a part, you are part of the problem. Told me all year that there was going to be suspense in these playoffs, and that the Warriors were not going to coast to a title, and no. that the Rockets might beat them, and that the Cavs were terrible because they don't play defense. And the it's we are definitely not getting Cavs Warriors again. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I folks. bet on it's Cavs Warriors, happening. so this is not what I said. 
the NBA for media the also told me that this draft. The NBA media also told me that this draft was going to be wild because of all the reasons I mentioned. <laughs> Trades. You have Kawhi Trades that galore. needs to be traded. Yeah, that's what everyone said. Trades galore. No one can decide how good Doncic is. The teams at the top hate him. The teams at the bottom love him. They're going to move up to get him. What's going to happen, folks? Stay tuned. It's going to be chaos. That didn't happen. Nope. So now I'm being told that like this, this summer of free agency is going to be absolutely bonkers, and Kevin Durant even might opt out, and then who knows what's going to happen. What if, what if Durant and LeBron go to L.A. together? Ooh. What if Paul George and LeBron's going to stay in Cleveland? Paul George is probably gonna. Who, who gives a shit? LeBron's gonna stay in Cleveland. That's my point. Is that I, 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 I'm not buying in. I'm not falling into this trap of like big NBA media telling me shit's about to hit the fan. And it's gonna get wild, folks. So buckle up. And then it's just the status quo again. That's my that's my stance, Tate. Prove me wrong. Yeah. So you've been over two on that. I, I think we actually have some some stuff going on here because uh, LeBron James he came out first and said he doesn't need any elaborate meet any elaborate meetings. Uh, which, first off, I will say this. I don't think I've ever needed an elaborate meeting in my life. I don't know about you. I don't think anyone wants an elaborate meeting. That's just a lot to take in. So he says he doesn't need any pitches from teams. He's cool on that. Uh, He also said that he has two teams that he's choosing from, and that's the L.A. Lakers and the Cleveland Cavaliers, which to me says, Mm. you know, concession, Cleveland, you made it into our final two. You know, like it's like when the hometown team, you know, in your college recruitment, you know, if you're from South Carolina, you put South Carolina in your final two, but you know you're going to Kentucky. That's what LeBron just did yeah. with Cleveland. You know, like he he's going to L.A. He's going to the Lakers. He's going to have Cleveland in his final now, two, and and then you're going to have to deal with that. Let me stop you. That's a final three move. You you always put the hometown in the final three. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He, 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 he took it ones. to the next level to say, Cleveland, you're so dear to my heart that I can't even see anything else besides you and also Los Angeles. So I'm going to go there. It's like the batch it's like the bachelor when he's got it down to the 3, he's got the uh the two he, he always lets the nice girl be in the final 3 yes. and then the 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 girl that's like the fan favorite, she gets to be in the final 3. Yeah, the one that's going to be the next bachelorette, chicks. yeah. The two smoking hot chicks that he just wants to have sex with for a few months mm-hmm. and then Make a ton of money by putting his face on the tabloids and then break up with them. He, those are the real winners. But he always brings that third one along to be the next bachelorette. Yeah, same sort of thing. <laughs> the Cavs, the Cavs in this case are the oh. bachelorette, and they got Colin Sexton, who is the perfect fit, a guy that wears his own jersey everywhere. Let's take a break real quick, and then uh, we'll come back. I got a few more things to talk about the draft, and then we'll get into all the uh, the juicy college basketball stuff, such as Coach K basically saying you'll have to drag his carcass out of Cameron Indoor Stadium. <laughs> Yes, I will. I will drag that carcass. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Proper Cloth. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar, be it the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with Proper Cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom size shirt in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles, from classic to business to casual, to completely customize your shirt and get the style that you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only by fabrics that meet their high quality standards. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free, in fact. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com shining today. Enter gift code SHINING to save $20 on your first shirt. Let's get back to the drafts and talk about Thomas Welsh getting drafted. 
All right, Tate, a few more draft thoughts. Um, Number one, I just wanted to point out, I don't know if you saw this, Chauncey Billups with his draft comparisons were fantastic. (laughs) We expect nothing less. Jalen Rose was doing the draft for a while. He he set a bar that we thought no one would ever be able to clear. I'm not saying Chauncey cleared the bar, but he was very close. Um, Comparing... Jaron Jackson Jr. to Joe Kim Noah. Yes. Jaron Jackson is like a stretch five who shoots threes. And can <laughs> and dribble, Noah has the is very jump fluid, shot. and yeah. can run up and down the court, you know, stuff like that. And then he can compare Grayson to Bob Sura, which I absolutely yes. loved. It was, it was, I've never seen a more flagrant, just pick a, pick a six, five white guy comparison in my life than Grayson Allen is Bob Sura. <laughs> so uh, I want to shout out Chauncey Bills. But what I really wanted to talk about, we've buried the lead. I think most of the friends of the program are waiting for us to uh, do a celebratory dance. That the story of the draft that we have not talked about is Jalen Brunson was the fourth Villanova player off the board. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Very interesting. Very very interesting. So are, that are, are Jalen we, Brunson. Now we're, we're basically NBA draft scouts at this point, right? We we said he was the fourth best player on his team. The NBA agrees. Jalen Brunson, the best player in college basketball, the guy that made Villanova go, the guy that if you take him off this team, Villanova's nothing. He was fourth. Tate. They had Villanova had three first rounders. Jalen Brunson was not one of them. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm just reporting the facts here. Just very that was very interesting to me, and not only that, you know, I mean, three first round picks. I mean, Jalen Brunson goes in the second round. Yeah, three first not, round picks. Not only does he go in the second round, but he goes behind back to back point guards, Elia Kobo, a French point guard that is, is <laughs> compared to Boo Boys, who Rodriguez Boo Boys for people that remember from the Mavs. Uh, that that was a comparison. I thought that was pretty good. I guess because they're both French, they can be compared to one another. And he got drafted behind your boy. Javon Carter, the 32nd pick, going to the Memphis yep. Grizzlies, the grit and grind. So he goes behind two other point guards, one in which that he played in college basketball season, even though he was National Player of the Year. Javon Carter goes ahead of him, and then Devontae Graham goes right behind him to the Hornets. Uh, I, I, I think that was a tough night for Brunson, but he also, he, once again, he wins, though. He gets to go to the Mavericks, a team that, you know, Yogi Ferrell is probably going to be out. He maybe, you know, will be able to find some minutes there behind Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Seth Curry is going to be gone now. Uh, and he's back into a quote-unquote winning culture, and he has a great coach in Rick Carlisle, very similar to a Jay Wright type, and he's probably going to be successful, and we're both going to look stupid when he's a good NBA player. And he gets to play alongside Luka Doncic, who, I don't know if you remember this, folks, but was the EuroLeague MVP at 19 years old. Yes. Um, th- that, that's actually, I'm, I'm actually kind of fascinated by that uh, dynamic of having, th- this is, there's like a culture war going on in Dallas where Luka Doncic is the exalted NBA uh, rookie, obviously, everyone, every all, all the all the people that are NBA geniuses and hate college basketball were like, this guy is the greatest prospect we've ever seen. Yes. He's unbelievable. And then, meanwhile, like the college basketball fans that hate the NBA and think that like these guys should be drafted based on how hard they work and not how much talent <laughs> they have, like love Jalen Brunson and all that sort of stuff. So that's gonna be fun to like. It would be absolutely hysterical if Brunson ended up having like a better rookie year than Doncic for some reason. For Dallas, like Dallas, by the end of the year, like Brunson is, they put the ball in his hands more than Doncic for some reason. It's not going to happen. It's not. It's not going to happen. It's, it's funny that they both. It's funny that they both ended up on the same team, though. I'll it, say that much. Does uh, so is Javon Carter going to Memphis or Grayson Allen going to Utah? A more perfect, obvious. How 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 could they have ever gone anywhere else? Fit. 
Which which one stands out to you more? Is like, of course, that's where that guy went. I think it's Grayson just because it happened so early for them to draft him at twenty one. I mean, the fact that Grayson played four years at Duke, uh, and the fact that you know, I, I think a lot of people thought that he would probably be a you know the, the where Brunson got picked in the thirty three range, and then to get picked twenty first for Quinn Snyder to go out on a limb for his boy. And to say we need Grayson here, we need mm. a Gordon replacement, we need someone else on the wing to help us out and to learn under Ingles. First of all, for Grayson to go in and learn under Joe Ingles, just an Australian guy who 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 makes you know some some questionable moves at times, but that are you know for good for good for your team type plays. Uh, Grayson probably has the perfect mentor there in Utah, and then obviously with Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder gets like you know his illegitimate son to go play for him. I, I don't think there's anything more perfect than that, just because he did it so early in the draft and people just lost their minds when it happened. Because of course, Gray, Grayson is going to thrive in Utah. That's for damn sure. We all know that. Grayson's going to have a yep. great time in Utah. Donovan Mitchell, I will say this. I I did feel a little bit bad for Grayson. Grayson gets picked. He's having his draft interview. And before he can even say a word, Donovan Mitchell is like already dapping him up, giving him a hug, basically to say, hey, you know, welcome to my team. This is a guy that Grayson and, you know, and Mitchell had that one moment when they played, you know, that Louisville game when, when Mitchell kind of got slapped down by Grayson. So there's a little bit of, of, of old bad blood, but apparently they're super excited to play with each other. But I, I did like that Mitchell kind of kind of stole his stilo and took his moment there. But Grayson with Quinn Snyder is, uh, I, I'm going to watch NBA League Pass just for that. I'm going to watch Utah just for that. I would agree with that. I'll, I'll watch. I, I'm very in, interested in what Grayson Allen is going to do in Utah and that whole dynamic. Do you think someone? Um, do you think he's going to be I, I like actually, Dante Jones and like someone's going to try to actually fight him if he does one of those tripping things? Because I feel like that will happen. Yeah, he's not going to do the tripping thing. He's not going to do the tripping thing. Maybe that's why Donovan Mitchell was excited though. Maybe he's like, uh, I I don't necessarily like this guy. It's I'm more excited that he's not going to trip me. Yeah, I don't have to play against to, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to play against him. This is awesome. Um, a c- couple other things I wanted to point out. Uh. Kate a big dick slipping all the way down. Where, where, I don't even remember where he got drafted. Forty eighth, I want to say. Yeah, he went to 48th. Minnesota. Forty eighth. Um, yeah. Very sad news, but but I you know hopefully that's a chip on the shoulder situation. I don't I don't really know why. Like I didn't expect him to go first round necessarily, but God, it was frustrating to watch him not get picked I th- until forty eighth pick. I think also he, your Carolina guys didn't get picked. I thought Pinson would get picked. Yeah, I thought Pinson would get picked. He signed with the Nets afterwards uh, on a two way deal. He'll play there for summer league. I, I think KBD kind of got hurt by. There's a lot of just putting names out of players, you know, from agents, just just letting people know that they're on the scene and that they're looking really good and they're in great shape and they lost 20 pounds and their vertical's up two inches and, you know, so-and-so coach, insert here, said that this person was so good from the corner and they're really advancing their corner three. I think Kata Bates-Diep had no talk leading into the draft. You know, I didn't hear anything about Too him. I kept, He's a good I, guy. I kept asking you, I, I was like, well, why is Kata Bates-Diep, you know, falling so far? Why well, I haven't heard it, uh, heard about him? And meanwhile, you know, you got people like Michael Porter Jr. going out in the world and saying, I am Tracy McGrady, I am Giannis Antetokounmpo, I am Kevin Durant, I am Jerry West, I am LeBron James, <laughs> I am Walt Clyde Frazier. I am Will Chamberlain. I mean, that, that's what he's saying. And then people are like, I guess I got to draft this guy. My God, why would I not? This wow. is the best player I've ever heard. Sounds like a good player. Yeah, this, is, this sounds like my kind of pick. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, he made the the ultimate fail of not comparing himself to Steve Nash. Um, that, that's what he needed. Dude, he, he needed Kative. I'm a yeah, six foot yeah. seven Steve Nash. <laughs> you, just, you just gave me a great idea. ESPN needs to get rid of Chauncey and Jalen and all those guys that make the comparison. They can stay on the set, but don't make them do the comparisons when the guys are drafted. Make the players themselves do the comparisons. Like take all the <laughs> take all the guys that are probably going to go in the first round and shoot a video of them, say like asking them who do you, who do you compare your game to? 
Because that would be absolutely hysterical to watch guys, like their personalities come out and how they answer that. And yeah, t- t- Michael Porter just talks for like 20 minutes. He's like, I also think I got a little bit, <laughs> yeah. I got a little bit of Oscar Robertson in my game as well. But also, you know, George Mikan was always an influence to me as well. But you know, Larry Bird also got a little bit of his skills. <laughs> With Magic's vision, uh, he just goes on and on. I got Magic's left hand. I got Jordan's right hand. Uh, you know, that's sort of where I'm at. Uh, I'm just trying to find my face. Uh, yeah, I I did uh, I did like Tony Cargan picked. Were you excited about that going to the Pelicans? I'm I, as I said before, Tate. I'm just excited he's not in the Big Ten anymore. I don't give a shit where he ended up. I don't care. I'm just excited he's never going to play Ohio State again. I don't like good luck Tony Carr. I hope I hope your life works out for you, but you're you're dead to me at this point. Like just get out of my life. I never want to see you again <laughs> playing my team. That's that's my feelings on that one. Um so was in your opinion is Pinson who was who was like the best player? I mean you're going to probably going to say Pen, other than Pinson. We'll say it that way. Uh Angel Berry. Who was the best player that went undrafted? Mm, best player that went undrafted. I mean, Pinson, uh, Pinson I'm not going to say is the best player to go undrafted. Trevon Duval? Yeah, Duval's probably got to be up there. Top 10 recruit? Yeah, I, I, I would be concerned. I think Dang Adele, actually, uh, out of Louisville, was one of the guys I thought would get drafted. I, I like I like Adele's game. I thought he'd have a chance. I think Billy Preston, uh, you know, the great Billy Preston that we, we've talked about on this podcast a lot, I think he was a flyer to take at the end of the second round. Why would you not give him a shot? Keelan Martin out of Butler, I thought someone may give him a chance. Uh, Rob Gray out of Houston, I thought someone may give him a chance. Um yeah, I mean, there there was a bunch of guys that went undrafted that I really like. Uh, VCU's Justin Tillman. I'm a big fan of him. He signed with the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think he's got some upside. Raleigh. For, yeah, Raleigh Hawkins. Raleigh Hawkins and Alonzo Trearing. Neither one of them got drafted. They should have. Do, do you think they Do you think did they, did they not get drafted? Were they even in the draft? Do you remember them announcing that they were in the draft? Uh, they did announce that they were in the draft. Do you think that's why they didn't get drafted? I, I think they should have done. They did? Oh, okay. Do you think they should have done a press conference like after the first round where they just announce again that they're in the draft? Like, they announced they're like, Sean, Sean Miller goes to the back in the green room. He's like, I just want to announce that Raleigh and Alonzo here are both uh, putting their names in what the if, NBA draft. What if what if they didn't get drafted because they just forgot to do the paperwork? It was like a Michael Scott <laughs> bankruptcy situation where they just thought like saying it over and over was all you had to do to to declare for the draft. It was just keep keep releasing it. <laughs> I promise I'm in the NBA and the, draft. The NBA's like yeah, they're like, well, you guys didn't actually enter the draft. You didn't actually fill out the paperwork. That's why we didn't Just take it. We you actually said really it liked you. Just doesn't mean that yeah. you're in the draft. I declare bankruptcy! Can you can we do a quick aside uh, on Sean Miller just getting his camera time with the first pick? Yeah, let's just... Let's just do it. Let's just get done. We're done with the draft. Move on to college basketball. Tell me your Sean Miller stuff. Sean Miller. I, I just want to say, I mean, this is the Coach Cow night. This is what he said is his national championship, even though he's been under the radar a little bit. He was there. We had Beeline there. We had Izzo there. Uh, but Sean Miller really took the cake by being there. I mean, you know, three months removed from him basically being all over ESPN saying that he paid $100,000 to get DeAndre Ayton to attend Arizona. He's sitting right next to him at the number one table. Ayton gets picked number one. He gets the big hug. He gets the big shot with DeAndre Ayton with the smile. And he gets the, the best recruiting pitch in the world for, for the next four or five years, which is mm-hmm. I have a number one pick. Here he is, DeAndre Ayton. I can get you there on draft night. And uh, he basically just taking the cow formula to the top. And I, I was just very happy for Sean Miller because he, he just had yep. this, this shit-eating grin on his face where he was just so excited that he somehow survived. I mean, he denied, 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 and now he'll never have to worry about it again until, you know, I guess the it next totally FBI makes up- investigation. 
it totally makes up for this season being completely submarined and next year's recruiting class being decimated. <laughs> Definitely. Just like it makes up I'm for sure Buffalo. if you would have come to Sean Miller, you'd be like if you would have come to Sean Miller and been like, Hey, this season where you have the greatest player in Arizona history and he's he's also you, you have like the three best you might have the three best players in the Pac twelve. And if not the three best, then like three of the six best in the Pac twelve. And one of them is the best player in Arizona history. Uh your your season is going to be a massive disappointment, and <laughs> you're also going to have your recruiting class for next year just yes. blown to shreds. But, but 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 you'll get a smile on ESPN on draft night. He, he would have been like, "Yeah, I'll I'll make that deal." I kind of think it's like <laughs> no, uh, it's a, I, I like to think Sean Miller. You know, like when you win the Super Bowl and they say you're going to Disney World. I like to think that's what what Sean Miller thought when he got cleared of everything and Arizona was like, "We're going to stick by your side." He's like, "I'm going to the NBA draft," and he I'm, just gets to sit at the yeah, table. I, I so made perfect. It. Um, by the way, Mark Schleybach, Schleybotched, has tweeted three times since February 25th. <laughs> he what? tweeted on the, on February 25th, on the date, February 25th, over four months ago, he tweeted 18 times that day. Mm. And since then in four months, he's tweeted three times. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. So, not good. Schleybotch. What's a... Well, we got we got a little bit of time left. What do you want to talk about with college basketball? I want to talk about Coach K saying there's no end in sight. He literally said the phrase "there's no end in sight" when talking about his retirement. <laughs> yes, Coach K comes out to the world. He says he wants to continue coaching. Uh, he, he said it's going to be fun to try to put together offensive and de- a defensive system uh, that is personalized. I love that personalized for these kids. He, he uses the cow line. My biggest thing about Coach K right now is that he is the number one one-and-done guy. On ESPN, after the draft, you see all these little reports that are written up, and when they use the one example, you know, at the top when they do their lead of what the one-and-done system is, they use like programs like Duke and coaches like Mike Krzyzewski. You know, he's completely taken that spot mm-hmm. from Coach Cal, which I think, you know, is pretty impressive. He's finally done that at the age of 71. But the big thing that I have to take away from him saying that he continues to coach and that he's feeling the best he ever has and there's going to be no offseason surgeries this year and, you know, he's all locked in for the future, I think he's not 71. Ooh, interesting. I don't think he is. I don't think anyone at this age could be up, you have my attention. Continue. up to snuff at, at, at what he's doing. I don't think anyone at that age can continue to hold it down at this level, um, which, which goes back and it beckons back to – I call it the reverse Almonte, the reverse Danny Almonte syndrome is what Coach K has, where he looks older than he is. So when he went and got this Army job, everyone thinks, you know, he's a young, spry guy in his late 20s, early 30s, you know. But really, he's probably about 18, 19 years old. And he's just been playing this game the entire time. And he's just been, you know, he's probably 62, 63 at most, I think. I think he's got like a a, a, a 10-year head start, you know. He's trying to pull Julio Franco on us. And... I, I, I'm impressed that he's kept up the act the entire time. I'm just more, I mean, show us the birth certificate, right? Like, just show it to us. Like, let us know that, uh, yeah, what your age is. That's what that's we want to say. Put it out there. You could, this could very easily be debunked. Like, it, it would. It could be done in, in a half well, second. It not when you're at a private school, and that, and Mark Titus. Not, a, not at a private school. I can't put in a public Ooh. records request. I can't ask to see his birth certificate or to see his records, uh, you know, on file there to say how old he actually is. We're just, this is all word of mouth. Hey, what you're saying what you're saying might be the greatest thing I've ever heard on this podcast. This is this is great. I, I'm I'm behind it 100. Um, percent Show us the papers. Wild speculation K. about Coach K. So hold on, let's let's work through this together. D- 
does that mean that he when he when he got his first job he he was an assistant in Indiana people forget yes. he was a uh, assistant coach at Indiana first before he went to Army um so he he's got the Indiana ties as well uh, he, he's a Hoosier that's in yeah 19, so, so 1974 Bob, that's what, that's when we're doing this 1974 Bob Knight, Bob Knight gets all of K's wins as well so that that counts um, <laughs> yes coaching tree so uh, uh, when he's at Indiana you're saying he must have been like 15 16 yes. Are you are you are you saying are you saying there's child labor laws at play here? Yes, and that I he, I'm saying this goes all the way up to the U.S. government. Yes, I think this goes all the way up to <laughs> army. <laughs> this goes all the way up to the top. I mean, you gotta they, say, they, they, oh, the government. Yes, yes, the, the government's government. involved. They discharged this man from active duty in 1974. They said, you know, you've done a good job. Whatever, whatever. The the man joined the army when he was 14, 15 years old. That's not legal. Holy shit, dude! You can't do that. Holy shit! Not in my country. I need more. You can't take. You can't drop this on me like as we're recording a pod because now I just want to stop recording and go flesh this out more. <laughs> we'll do the research, but you I have my brain in knots right now. But I, but I'm telling you that it, it, it's not far fetched to believe that he is a lot younger than 71. That's all I'll say. It's not. It's absolutely not. I'm buying into it. All he has to, do, yeah, show us a birth certificate, which he's not going to because no. he's he's at a private school. And yeah, he, he's got the army connection, dude. Dude, it's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant, and and it make it makes a total ton of sense. It's why it's why his hair is not graying at all. He yes. doesn't have a gray hair. He on still his has head black hair. He's seventy one, folks. Do you think he's seventy one? He has jet black hair. How many seventy one year olds he's have like jet 57. black hair? <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's it's all coming together. This is beautiful. That's why he's not retiring. The the, the only other theory is that like he is a Westworld host. Yes, and. That's what's going on. Or he's and that's the, why he's gonna be around. Or he's Satan himself. We don't know. I mean, you have to pick. It's one <laughs> of the three. No one knows. We'll figure it out. I love this. We gotta we gotta work on this. I'm uh, we're gonna work on this. We gotta work the, on the, it. The, the way the way you do these theories is like you just keep you keep finding little shit to stack on top of it, and then and then you just say prove me wrong to people, and then if they can't prove you wrong, then you just pretend like you're right. Like I'm still I'm still hung up on the Denzel Valentine faking his knee surgeries in 2015, and no one's proven me wrong on that one, which I find fascinating. So I think we're in a good spot here, Tay. We found a we found a good thing to write us through the offseason here. Yes, we'll we'll keep we'll keep an update on this. We have to figure this out because it it, it really is wild that he's 71 years old. Hey. Speaking of speaking of Duke, are they your number one team going into next year, or is it Kansas, or is it now Kentucky because Reed Travis committed to Kentucky, or is it someone else? Are you doing like the Gonzaga hipster thing where you're like, actually, folks, I like Gonzaga's because Hachimura and Killian Tilly are coming back. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, I will say Kentucky. I think has got the number <laughs> one spot uh, now because you know Coach Cow has had to adapt once again. You know the one and done has been you know bitten by you know. Arizona, Kansas, Duke, you know, all the like. Carolina even now is a little. So I, I think it's Kentucky. They get Reed Travis. You got to do it now because the you got to do it now because the one and done rule is going away very soon. Yes, it's very, definitely it's, happening. It will be within it's the range of 2021 to 2045. And it's somewhere in that, you know, juncture, we will get rid of the one and done rule. Uh, I think, yeah, Kentucky is the definitive number one team in the country right now headed into the season, which is great for Cal. I think that's why he was kind of quiet on draft night because he's actually trying to focus on next season. Uh, for the team, so I, I'm I'm all in on that. I like PJ Washington coming back. Um, yeah, I, I, are we getting the, I think are we getting the podcast back? Yes, of Is course. Cal bringing the podcast back? Yes, because they're going to be good. He's got, he's got to bring it back. He missed yeah. it last year. That, I hope so. I have one Kentucky thing too. Kevin Knox. They asked him if he knew who Ashley Judd was, and he said he had no idea. 
What do you think that does for Kentucky fans? <laughs> that that has to hurt. I know it hurt me. That's that's the new age with these kids. They don't want to no, learn anything, dude. Like, it, yeah, isn't Ashley Judd on the like? We still haven't really gotten a definitive thing on that. Like, are, do people still? I don't know. I thought like Ashley Judd is now. Is she an enemy in the Kentucky. state? Maybe is that what we're that saying? Far. She's an enemy yeah, now. Like, I don't know. I well, can't. I can't I believe know. that she's she's been too much. She's done too much. They for had Kentucky. the they had the whole. I mean, I know she was at one point because of the whole Chick Fil A thing, where she was like, "Hey guys, don't boo the other team." And then Kentucky fans are like, "That's what so the good. fuck are you talking about?" Can Ashley you imagine Judd? that being like a caveat <laughs> for why you fought a favor? That whole Chick Fil A thing—that's that's the best. Well, I mean, I would be I would be super shitty too if like my the most famous fan of my like especially a place like Kentucky. Like if you were Montana State and you had a famous fan and they did that, you know, I don't know. Maybe you'd live with it because you're like, hey, we're just excited that we have a famous fan. But like a place like Kentucky, Kentucky does not need famous fans. They do not need celebrity fans. They, the brand itself is famous. So you got like Ashley Judd kind of hijacking the brand at times to to be like the face of Kentucky basketball. And then she's like, hey, don't boo. If 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 that was my program, I'd be really <laughs> shitty about it too. But I don't, I don't know what the fallout was from that. I never I never got a and I are they are she back in good graces with the Kentucky fans? I don't know. We I didn't get invited back. to do Kentucky radio this year, so maybe maybe she had a play in that. I wish we could have found an answer to this. Yeah, maybe she did have a play in that. Um, one more thing before we go, Kevin Ollie situation. Have you been following this? Yes, absolutely. That that UConn is trying to not pay Kevin Ollie's buyout because they are, are are basically finding every little violation. Some of them are bigger than others, but they're basically saying that he committed a shit ton of violations and his contract <laughs> should be void. And so now they're not going to pay. It's like $10 million buyout. Yeah, Is that it? it he that has, so he signed that five-year 17, I think it was like an $18 million contract, something like that. Uh, so he's got $10 million that's still owed. They're saying that he had improper training sessions and improper contact. But the best part about it is the person that was doing the improper contact was UConn Booster, not former, you know, All-American, not mm. Hall of Famer, former, uh, you know, star of the Miami Heat back in the day, star of the Celtics that won in 08. Ray Allen is now a booster for UConn, and he is the one that was making these phone calls. So he is now a friend of the program he of UConn, obviously, and Ray Allen is in UConn's trouble. Program, yeah. yeah, of UConn's program, not of this program, a friend of UConn's program. And, you know, he, he's getting he, he's all caught up in this, and he's considered a booster by the NCAA. They're still trying to do the findings on this. The funny thing to me, Titus, so that that's making them argue that they fired him with calls so they don't have to pay him out so they can save the $10 million. But someone right. who, someone else still works at UConn, um, and he also was a basketball coach, and he also got in hmm. trouble for major huh. violations, and he's still employed hmm. by the university, and he wasn't fired with calls. Huh. Um, and those uh, violations were actually uh, more egregious than the violations that are thrown out at Kevin Ollie. Um, so, yeah. Jim Calhoun. But we like him, so yeah, he's allowed to do that. <laughs> so, I'm, like, so I really don't think they have that, a chance for this to hold up in court. It sounds like Ollie's going to win no. just because of that. Uh, I think he's going to pull the Calhoun thing like, hey, he still works here. Like, come on now. You you can't be trying to do this to me. Uh, but UConn really wants to save that money for Dan Hurley. So we'll see. It's the biggest crock of shit because we, you, never hear, you never heard a word about these violations until after Ollie got fired. So... The, like the UConn didn't self-report this stuff, and I mean that's not entirely true because I know they did. Like right as they were about to fire him, they started leaking some stuff. Um, but yeah, this is it, it, it's it's a whole crock of shit. And <laughs> I say this as someone who liked to make Kevin Ollie jokes, and 
all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he he, he give pay the man his money. Pay the man. Pay the man. This is Bush League UConn. But but the good news is if they do not pay his money and he does not win in this arbitration, that means he has to get another job ASAP. So you know, it, he's not going to sit yeah, out the contract. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome too if like UConn is trying not to pay ten million dollars and they keep like digging up all these violations and then it gets to a certain point where the NCAA is like, holy shit, these are too many violations and then they're like, they give them like a two like give them a two year postseason ban. <laughs> they, like they, UConn plays themselves. They didn't want to do the investigation, so they made them self report. They're, they're just like, we do not want to pay this ten million. Let's keep putting this stuff out in the world. And the NCAA is yeah. like, oh, thanks a lot, just like writing it down. And yeah, you but also they, said, yeah, they take it you, too far. You also said that you got an Escalade for this guy at this time, and his mom also got an Escalade at this time. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that'll be That's good. Funny. I hope that that happens. Um, you got anything else? Uh, John Beeline says he plans to uh, finish career at Michigan, was uh, on the verge of taking the Pistons job. I thought that was pretty interesting. He had a great draft night. Michigan's had a great time at the draft the past couple of years, so shout out to John Beeline. Yeah, John for, Beeline, what yeah. a what a run John Beeline has been on. Just he really has. It, it, it's great to be John Beeline right now. Congrats to John Beeline just on where life is taking you and just just like every everyone, like like I saw the, the big uh, tweet that was getting – Everyone was blowing up. Was that or or the, the the point? I guess it wasn't really a tweet. It was just like the observation that Beeline has now have has seven first rounders, but no McDonald's All Americans. That's and great. He goes he goes to the national championship game again. He's getting Pistons interviews. It's like what a great time to be John Beeline. Yeah, the man's on cloud nine right now. Tough tough um, time for Tom. He overtakes Tom Izzo. Yeah, yeah, beats Tom Izzo's ass. He's now the guy in Michigan. It's it's great. Good for John Beeline. Um, I want to give a shout out before we go uh, to Mike Hopkins. Have you heard of him? Do you know who this guy is? Yes, the head basketball coach of your Washington Huskies. Um, so I go to my mailbox. This was probably four days ago. Check my mail. Usually get a bunch of garbage in the mail. Never, never worth anything. Uh, but I, I get a thing with the Washington logo on it. Mm. Uh, a, a little, a little postcard looking sized envelope with a Washington logo on it. And I'm thinking, what the hell could this possibly be? One of my buddies was just out in Seattle. So I thought like maybe my friend bought something on the Washington campus and was sending it to me or something and just didn't tell me. Uh, so I, I open it up and it's a card from Mike Hopkins that says, thanks for all your support. Or like, says like, or maybe it wasn't, it wasn't coach hop. It was like someone from within the program, like coach hop says, thanks for all the support. He's a friend of the program. Loves what you do. Here's here's a uh, he, he wanted to give you part of his bonus for winning the Pac-12 Coach of the Year <laughs> last year, and he, he gave me a, a twelve dollars Starbucks gift card. Tate, <laughs> yes, can that, you believe that shit? No, I can't because that was the big story so, that he had been doing that. He'd been he'd been right. giving people Starbucks cards. You got one? So I, he he cut me in. I got one. I'm in. I'm so I'm a Husky now, dude. Like I'm 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 in. I'm into the program. As oh. we said, as we've said before on this podcast. We can be bought, and not only can we be bought, we can be bought at a very, very, very low price of $12 Starbucks gift cards. And I got to tell you, like, as someone who was not really recruited much in mm-hmm. high school, getting, like, a letter from a head basketball coach, which actually wasn't the coach, it was one of his assistants, but <laughs> you kind of trick yourself into thinking it was the coach. Yes. Amazing. It was amazing. So I'm in, uh, I am now a Washington fan, so if if people, I'm, I'm just letting everyone peek behind the curtain. If the, this coming season, I'm very high on the Washington Huskies. Now you know why. Um, that's it. So I, I am I am now in bed with the Nevada Wolfpack and the Washington Huskies. We're never, along with my already, 
Yeah. We're never going to say a bad word about I've Zone I've already got again. ties to Ohio State and Indiana, so. Yeah. yeah we're just gonna, yeah. By the time this podcast ends, the goal is for us to have some sort of tie to every team, so we just want ties. You know, we, we just want everyone I to I mean, win. that's how... That's how the rest of college basketball media operates. Like, no one wants to talk shit about coaches and stuff because they're just like uh, they don't want all these middle aged reporters have yeah. have been around the, have been around for long enough that they want access to everybody. So that's what we're working towards. We're not middle aged yet. We're getting closer. So twenty years from now, we're gonna be. <laughs> that's the goal. But um, no, that was pretty awesome. So congrats, congrats, Coach Hop. You are you are officially a friend of the program, even though you probably don't even know it. The, the director of ops probably just sent it on your behalf and. <laughs> He knows. We'll have to get him on the pod, though. He knows in his heart. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. He has to know. Speaking of, happy birthday to you, uh, Mark Titus. Yesterday was your birthday. Uh, Shout out to you. You got a birthday. It, is it happy birthday? Dude, I mean, it's a birthday. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get old. I don't I'm 31 now. I'm 31. Uh, it Prime. Is, birthdays are not fun. I'm four years away from being able to run for president, and that is, like, absolutely terrifying to yes. think that, like, someone four years older than me could legally run for president but enough enough with the politics i suppose <laughs> it's you can uh, do it. yeah I, I feel very old Tate. it's like i also watching what watching a westworld finale and i'm not going to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it yet, um i'm just going to make this comment that watching the westworld finale the day before i t- i had a birthday that like i'm at an age where i no longer get excited about my birthdays kind of triggered an existential crisis and just like <laughs> like like I'm old as shit now. Um, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it without spoiling Westworld. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's not fun. But it is a birthday. It's cool. Thank you. I appreciate this sentiment. Um, but just don't get old. That's my advice to all you young people listening. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not fun. It's like the Billy Madison scene when he grabs a kid. He's like, "Don't you ever say that when he wants to go to tenth grade." You know, like a lot of people want to get to thirty. Where yeah, they feel like they're gonna figure it out. And you know, don't you ever say that. Thirty was kind of cool. Like. Last year was cool because I felt like I was actually an adult. Like, it was the first time in my life, like, being able to say I was 30 is, like, I got my shit together. And I actually do feel like that in my in actual life. Like, I mm-hmm. I know how to I know how to do yard work <laughs> around my house, which is, which is cool. Like, I used to pay a guy. Like, looking back, I can't believe, like, when I first bought my house, I used to pay a guy to do my yard for me. And I'm wow. like, looking back, I'm like, holy shit, what a child I was. Like, I'm a man now. I take care of my own yard. No man lets another man... <laughs> Take care of his yard, right? So I these trim sorts my of things like these turning parts. thirty, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So these sorts of things about like entering my thirties were fun, but like now it's just stacking on top of each other. And like once you hit thirty-five, I feel like it's just downhill from there. And um, no disrespect to people who are older than thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, don't it's just to an this. inevitable Ear march mouth. towards. But I will say this, Tate. I'm becoming like having an extra a year older makes me a. A, that much more attractive Chicago You're a viable candidate. That's what I was going to say. A 31-year-old sounds like a man that knows what he wants in the world. I mean, he's a part of Brad yeah. Stevens' coaching tree. He's there in Columbus, Ohio. He's on the ground. He does his own yard work that shows that he's dedicated to the cause. I don't know, Chicago mm-hmm. State. Make it happen. Keep keep going. Yeah, keep, keep going. I, li- I like that campaign. This is why you're going to be on staff. Um, that's the show. Uh, we, we, I'm, we're taking the week off. I don't know if I told you this, Tate. That I'm not. We're not going to have a podcast what? next week. What? My brother is. Uh, my brother's getting married. <laughs> nice. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. My brother's getting married. Uh, he's getting married in Denver. Um, so I have to go out there for the wedding. He's getting married also not only next week, but he's getting married on July 4th, which is on a Wednesday. My brother's. A, my brother loves this country. God bless him. Yes. Um, so he. <laughs> that's American. Well, which is like I think I think that's his story that he's going with is like we're getting married on July fourth, so people remember our anniversary and and celebrate it with us, and also 
because I'm a patriot and all this all this shit. I was. But I think the real story is like. I think the real story is like we save a ton of money on the venue if we get married on Wednesday <laughs> instead of Saturday. <laughs> I think that's really what it is. <laughs> that's genius. So uh, anyway, so he's getting he's getting married on Wednesday. So we usually record the pod on Tuesday, and I will be tied up with wedding festivities. So. Anyway, but we should we'll be say back in a couple weeks. Though. We should say that we will be at Summer League the following weekend. We're going to be doing podcasts mm-hmm. live from Las Vegas. There's a, I mean, the, some of these rosters that we've had come out. The Miami Heat roster stands out. There's so many great teams and so many great players that are going to be in Vegas. We're going to be in Vegas, myself, you, Kyle. I really can't wait. We're going to be on the ground. We're going to be bopping around. So we'll, prob- awesome. we'll probably do more pods from Las Vegas. Probably at least a couple. I, I would suspect. So we'll make up for the for the absence next week for sure. But we also we also should also should offer the disclaimer that no podcast in the history of podcasting has promised more things and not delivered them than one shining podcast. So it remains to be seen. Yes, <laughs> exactly. There, there was a guy that tweeted to me that's like, I still want to hear your John Schuster curling story, and I and like some other guy was like, When are you going to give us the Save the Crew update? <laughs> we'll just get keep, to it. When are you going to? When are you guys going to start having guests? When are the guests coming on? <laughs> when is that? Yeah. I, They're coming. Keep I never but got one my promise, shirt. One promise we did deliver is the OSP shirt. Go get that if you want it. Uh, if you don't want it, guess what? You don't have to get it. Nope. No one gives a shit. Yep. Live your life. Do whatever you want. TheRinger.com slash shop. It's there if you want it. Um, you're not going to hurt our feelings if you don't. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks, as Tate said. Throwing out a lot of podcasts. We're going to see what happens in Vegas. We're just going to try to basically just like walk around with microphones and grab as many people as we can and interview them and just kind of have fun with it. So check that out. Until then, save the crew. Thanks again to Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Having trouble finding shirts that fit? At propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom size shirt by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at $80 and are delivered in just two weeks. Perfect fit is guaranteed. If a shirt doesn't fit, they will remake it for free. The whole process, in fact, is risk-free. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com shining and use gift code shining to get $20 off your first custom shirt today.